in Seattle. Seattle. You need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to rodandonsitdown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys. What's going on? Welcome to episode 656 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live in the Les Schwab Studios. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? I'm actually live in the Les Schwab. Is it the Les Schwab Studios in Barcelona, Spain as well? Uh, negative on that. I, I do not believe they have branches over here. All right. Hey, before we get started, because uh, today we're going to talk about the best restaurants in Barcelona, Spain, where Ron is right now. Also, we're going to tell you about this tycoon that's been uh, searching the deep oceans and finding all kinds of treasure. And what does he do with the treasure when he finds it? It's a really fascinating story. And also, we'll talk about some of the longest living people in the world. They have nine non-negotiables. They call that the blue zones. And Ron is actually in a blue zone right now in Spain. A lot of people in Spain, guys, yeah, they live uh, really long, vibrant lives. And there's things that they do that sometimes we probably should do here. We should probably do here in the U.S., uh, so we'll get coached up a little bit on uh, how we can turn uh, Seattle, Washington into a blue zone. Before we get to that, though, Ron, let's remind everybody Les Schwab is doing something right now through December 14th, along with our friends at Fox 13. It's really important, right? Yeah, it's the the annual toy drive, and they've teamed up uh, with us to ask you to buy a toy, a brand new toy, unwrapped uh, for a girl or a boy this holiday season. And now think about this for just a minute, because I know you hear these all the time. Imagine you're in a situation where you can't afford to buy a toy for your own child. Like that is a devastating circumstance. I don't know uh, the particulars of each individual person, but I can't imagine being in that spot uh, and not being able to to do something special for your kids. And so that's where we get to come in and uh, we get to make someone's day and make some kids uh, day by getting a gift. So go to your local target, Fred Meyer, whatever it is, uh, buy a gift, bring it to Les Schwab and you can just drop it off there. All of these gifts stay in our local communities yeah really really cool hey uh let's talk about this uh the holidays are coming and you're spending a little time in your thanksgiving holiday uh over in barcelona spain and before we get rolling here uh, some of these other stories i kind of want to know some of the places you've been eating and what have you been enjoying because i've been watching some of your pictures uh and it seems like you've already been to a michelin restaurant right yeah, I've been to a couple of Michelin Michelin restaurants, but for lunch. And so what um, what I like to do, and, and the reason I do this, I know people go, oh, I'm a foodie. It's like, I'm not necessarily a foodie. I, I enjoy good food. The thing that I like about the Michelin Guide, and it's I, I can't think of another example of it for the money, is it's an independent, respected firm that will tell you who the best in the world are at specific uh, things, which this thing is food. And then you can go do that thing for usually between, you know, 50 to a hundred dollars. And so I always like to think of like, I couldn't go to the Seahawks and say, Hey, 
I would like to throw a pass in the game on Thursday night football. Here's $75. Like they would tell me to get the heck out of there. I can't go to Boeing and say, I would like to build part of this plane. Here's $75 or let me fly this plane. They tell you to get the heck out of there. So with food and with restaurants, you can go and find the best in the world and experience what this chef has dedicated their life to. So I always open up the Michelin guide, um, the same company as the tires. They started the guide as a way to, to tell people to drive more. And I find a Michelin rated restaurant and I go to that, those restaurants, at least one or two when I travel. And so I've been to a couple, uh, and I do the tasting menu if they have one available and it's just, you always get stuff that you never would have ordered. Some, sometimes you get something that you don't really care for that much, uh, which I think is all part of the journey. Uh, and most of the time though, there's a reason why these folks get rated. Uh, and it's, it's, it's turned out to be a phenomenal meal. What What is a Michelin restaurant? Do, do we have any here in Seattle? And, and how do you get that rated? Uh, Michelin does not do Seattle yet. Uh, the only U.S. cities that are Michelin rated, to my knowledge, I believe it's New York, um, San Francisco, I think Miami, and Chicago, because it's very, very expensive to do this. The Mich- Michelin tire companies branched off and has this Michelin um, guide system. So they hire um, restaurant experts, food experts, and they will go to the top restaurants in that town three different times. Then nothing is comped. They don't tell them they're coming. Uh, they try to be um, incognito. They don't want to be recognized as a Michelin taster. And so they will eat on three different occasions, three different menu items, uh, three different preparations. And then if you are a really, really good restaurant, but not worthy of a star yet, uh, you are what's called bib gourmand. And so that's what I've been to, I think is a couple of bib gourmand restaurants, which is usually a little more affordable and still excellent, excellent food. And then you get one star. So getting a Michelin star, is uh, uh, among the highest honors you can get as a chef. So Michelin star means it's an exceptional place to eat. Uh, and then you can get two stars, which again is uh, once you get two stars, you're dealing with really high levels of service. They take into account the decor, um, how the restaurant is laid out, the staff, the service. And then three Michelin stars are the the best of the best in the world. And they take into account everything from the forks that they, they bought to every single dish. And um, three Michelin stars are very rare. Um, San Sebastian, which where I went to up in the Basque country, has more Michelin stars per capita than any city on earth. And so it's just a very food obsessed city. Yeah. So when you think about Seattle, is there a rest? Because you've been to more of these restaurants than I have. When you think about Seattle and you're saying you can't petition to become one, they just have to come visit. If they were to rate Seattle, is there a restaurant or two that you've been to that you think uh, could be a Michelin restaurant? I think that Canlis would probably get a one star. Hmm. Um I think there would be quite a few big gourmand restaurants uh, in Seattle. Mostly, they would probably mostly be Asian and sushi. I think that, um, like, Kashiba sushi might get one star. Um, I think that, 
I think there's several sushi restaurants that would get one star or be big gourmand for sure. But uh, the, I think that Michelin hopefully will adopt Seattle as one of its rated cities uh, because mm -hmm. it's, it, it's really, it's independent. It's way more rigorous than eater.com or travel travelocity or whatever. Like these are legitimate. I, I've yet to be disappointed. Um, with a with a michelin restaurant or, or to go oh they don't know what they're talking about you always leave and go okay that may not have been my thing per se 100 percent, but they know what they're talking about yeah i have to say the post in leavenworth and if you want to go there you have to plan six months to a year ahead of time or you won't get in uh they create all their food there on site and you have three meals a day there is no alcohol on on site so it's a it's a an ex, it's an expensive spa but people go there uh and i was lucky enough to go there last year with one of my friends you basically just wear a robe for three days and you spa and the, the food is crazy the food is so good and then is is it called the juanita cafe yeah, cafe juanita Cafe Juanita. Some people have said they think that the Cafe Juanita over on the east side could be a Michelin restaurant. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, of course, it could get a star. Um, there, there's other things that are popping into my head. There's a restaurant on, the, on one of the islands that I'm forgetting the name of right now uh, that would probably get a star. But um, yeah, so when you're in a city that's Michelin rated, go do it. It's just one of the things I like to do. I like architecture. I like food. And so if I have the opportunity to go do it, um, I did two different lunch servings. Um, I might have done three. I went to last night. I, I checked out um, Pellegrino, I believe, does the top 50 bars in the world. And so I went to two of the top 50 bars in the wow. world are, are in Barcelona. And so I went to one is called Dr. Stravinsky and one is called uh, Paradiso. And so, holy cow. Like it's legit. Like they are. Is it, is it the is it the food and beverage pairing, or is it? Or no, these is it were the just these or? were just cocktails. Um, but was the thing the, I was I, a cocktail. Yeah, um, I had a fat washed negro peanut butter Negroni wow. uh, at one, and then I had uh, at Doctor Stravinsky and at Paradiso. I had a cocktail it was called the in inversion i believe and it had an alcohol-based um sorbet and it came in this big like clamshell sort of thing it was it was off the chain yeah it was pretty good is, but is farm to one last question is farm to table important there i think about a restaurant uh, in woodenville that's truly truly farm to table and then there's a lot of restaurants to say they're farm to table and they're not it's like what 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 farm are you talking about costco in in, in in europe they just it doesn't they don't even think in those terms it's just like what's the best ingredient um and they go get that the thing i think that you would like is is in Southern Spain, it's called tapas in, in the Basque country. It's called pinchos. And it's a, it's a type of bar that you go into where all this maybe 50 different dishes are 
already prepared and they're under glass along the counter. So think of like a 40 yard countertop with just dish after dish after dish already there. And so you walk in and you just point at the, the pinchos that you want to say, I want one of these, I want one of these, I want one of these, I want one of these. And they're typically between, you know, two fifty, two two dollars, two fifty euros up to like five euros each. And then they just take them out of the case, hand them to you. And you're like, oh my God, these are <laughs> incredible. And so I've been getting uh, local vermouths because that's the thing that they are famous for. Then some pinchos and it's like, you finish up and you're like, wait a minute, that was nine euros. And I just had some of the best food of my life. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, you guys, don't go anywhere. Ron's in Barcelona today. I'm in Seattle. We come back. We're going to talk about the Blue Zones. It's a good time of year to talk about the Blue Zones. How can you live a longer, happier, healthy life? And Dan Butner, who wrote about the Blue Zones years ago, uh, has been studying those Blue Zones. He just released an article on CNBC, and he calls... He, he calls out nine things that we should all be mindful of. And I think a good time to start is in the holidays, not after the holidays, but during the holidays. So let's talk about some of those things that octanarians, people that live to be 100 years of age or older. And I'm talking about people that aren't connected to a breathing tube, people that are living vibrant lives over the age of 100. He says there's nine things called the power nine. They're non-negotiable. So let's talk about it next. Hey, you guys, I've been telling you about this for probably a decade and a half. It's Les Schwab's free pre-trip safety check. It includes really a long list of visual inspections. So if you're going to be driving around this summer, like I'm going to be doing G-Force and Charlie, stop by a Les Schwab tire center to throw your rig up on the rack, and they're going to check out your vehicle. They're going to give you their very best, honest opinion and advice on all your options if there's issues. If they're not, here's the cool thing. They're just going to send you on your way free of charge. The other guys, typically, well, they charge a couple hundred dollars to look at a rig, not at Les Schwab. So schedule your appointment today at LesSchwab.com. You can stop by any location. That's Les Schwab, where they've been doing the right thing since when, let's say it together, guys running down here running down real estate just want to emphasize to you we have a lot of great realtor friends that just specialize in a neighborhood so for a lot of my friends that work here in queen anne if you're in bothell uh they punt on that and they say we're not the realtor for you or if you're down in tacoma they're like yeah we can't help we don't drive to tacoma Ron and I drive to Tacoma. We drive to Bothell. In fact, I'm about to drive to Bothell right now. Ron, why do we drive to Tacoma and why do we drive to Bothell? It's bottom line is because that's where the Ron and Don Nation lives, right? Yeah, that's right. We, uh, of course, on the radio for, for many, many years. And so we want to go to where you are. It's a philosophy. We, we said we're going to meet you where you're at, whether that's geographically, even in your life phase of where you're at. Let's say you've just had a parent uh, that went into assisted living or passed away. That is where you're at. So we're we're going to meet you right there, put together a custom game plan for you to get you the best result we possibly can. And I got to say, we've been getting some really good results for people in the Ron and Don Nation this year and every single year we've been doing real estate. It starts with a sit down. Uh, that's a Zoom call that we're going to do with you to make sure we're a good team and then we're all aligned in the same direction. You go to ronandonsitdown.com. That's ronandonsitdown.com. 
Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don show. Happy holidays to you. And I think a lot of times, uh, and I've worked in the fitness industry a long time, and you've heard me talk about all my crazy spin classes that I've taught. And right now, uh, I'm actually a master trainer, but I'm only training two people. I'm training myself and I'm training my son. And in fact, uh, but you're training them off, masterfully. <laughs> and I have to say in training him at the age of 13, it's made me train in a very different, more mindful way. Uh, I love reading Dan Butner stuff. If you don't know Dan, uh, he wrote an article, I think it was 20 years ago about places that he traveled where people live longer and he was curious about it. So he went back to these places. He ended up writing a book and a follow-up book. Uh, I think there's a Netflix series now about the blue zones. And anyway, there's an article in CNBC. You should all check out if you don't want to read his books or, or watch it on Netflix, uh, at least read this article. In fact, we'll put it in the show notes for you. Uh, and he said that, that he's traveled all over the world. He named six different blue zones and one of them is actually in Loma Linda, uh, California. Uh, and he said in these blue zones, he talked and interviewed 263 people that have lived to the age of 100 or older, and they're still living real vibrant lives. And he noticed nine things that he sees in these blue zones. And we're talking about Japan. We're talking about Italy. We're talking about Costa Rica, Greece, and again, Loma Linda, California. Uh, let me share three of these at a time. And Ron, I just want you to, uh, react. Cause I don't know if we have time to go in depth on all nine, but let me just mention the first three. He said, one thing that he sees, uh, in these 263 people that live around the world, he said, the longest living people don't necessarily pump iron or run marathons or even join gyms, but instead they live in environments where they're constantly moving. So for instance, a lot a lot of them grow gardens. They don't have mechanical conveniences for house and yard work. They don't hire someone else to do it. They're out in their yards and they're out in their gardens. So they're moving naturally. Also, they feel a sense of purpose. That's number two. Uh, and in fact, in Costa Rica, they call it plan de vida. And it translates to this. Why do I wake up every morning? He says residents in every blue zones that he visited have something to do. Uh, they don't necessarily retire and they feel purpose in their lives. And also he said in the first three in the blue zones, you have to have the ability to downshift. And in fact, Ron, you've been talking about some of the downshifting that you see in Barcelona where people during the day will have a, a vermouth hour. He said the, the routines that people have, he said, specifically, even in Japan, they take a few moments every day to remember their ancestors, to pray, to take a nap. And in Sardinia, he said, in Italy, they even have happy hours. So being able to feel purpose, move naturally and downshift, Ron, does any of that resonate with you? The biggest one that jumps out to me, because I see it every day over here while I've been in another country, is the moving naturally. It's one of my favorite things is I'll get a, a cafe con leche, coffee with milk, sit out on one of the little tables and watch the people in their 80s and 90s. They they walk around and, and go to the different stores. And so they don't hop in a car. Um, most of them don't have a walker. Uh, and we are talking old people that probably came down one or two flights of stairs uh, to get outside and they go into that market. They're going to buy a couple oranges. They're going to buy some fruits and vegetables. They're going to buy a loaf of bread. They're going to talk to the people that they know. 
Um, and then they're going to walk home a couple blocks and go up those stairs again. And, and they get after it. And, and I contrast that with, you know, uh, you know, being around older people in the U S and man, it just, it, it, it's a chore for, for a lot of people to get out of their recliner and to, to walk to the bathroom or to lay down in bed. So I think seeing these folks, walk every day and be outside their house and still on two feet. And, and some of them have a cane. Some of them move very slowly and some of them do have walkers, but it's like right on, man. And, and lady, like go do your thing. It's, it's really cool to see. Yeah. I was doing an open house for one of our clients the other day and I don't like open houses cause I don't like sitting there for two or three hours. And so I was outside with my rake and I was just raking leaves and putting the leaves in bags. And, and I had someone ask me, they said, what are you doing? You really are a full service realtor. And I said, well, if it helps my client, great, but it, but it helps me, you know, I'm 56 years old instead of sitting here for two or three hours and waiting for people to come by. Cause it's this job. We do a lot of sitting, especially in the car when I'm driving somewhere. Uh, I'm going to do a lot of sitting this weekend when I, when I'm out showing houses down at gig Harbor. Cause we do, we do sell the sound you guys to, just to let you know. So I love, I love trying to figure out ways where I can add movement. And even at my own house where I do have somebody that comes by that helps with the yard, I have them do some of the big things like jumping up on a ladder because uh, I have a huge hedge uh, in the backyard and getting up there at my age, just it becomes dangerous. Uh, you always read about the, the things that kill men at my age. And, and the number one thing uh, is falling off a ladder. So I pay someone else to do that now. But as far as a lot of the gardening that goes on around here, my son and I do that gardening because there's something about getting out there and, and feeling that dirt and feeling purpose and growing something. And sometimes when you mow the lawn, seeing the lines in the lawn, there's something really cool about that. And even in house renovation, I'm not a great carpenter, but there's still a lot of things that I can do as far as tearing something down to the studs and learning and, and being involved with that with my friends and my partner partners and my son. So, so I, I think trying to find ways to move naturally uh, is so important. Let's get to the next three. The next three are uh, in the blue zones uh, in Japan. They say something every day called Hara Hachibu. Uh, it's a 2,500 year old uh, Confucius mantra uh, that they say in Okinawa. And they say this before meals. It reminds people to stop eating when their stomachs are 80% full. Uh, they say that people in the blue zones have their smallest meal in late afternoon or early evening, and then they don't eat more the rest of the day. Also, there's a plant slant, meaning beans, uh, black soy, lentils, all that stuff. It's the cornerstone of most blue zones. Meat is eaten an average of only five times per month, and it's served uh, maybe in two, three, four ounces, which is the size of a deck of cards, and also wine at five, people in blue zones, even some Adventists, that's Loma Linda, California, those are Seventh-day Adventists, they drink alcohol moderately, but they do regularly, and moderate drinkers outlive uh, non-drinkers in the blue zones. And they say a big part of that might be uh, the social aspect of sitting down and having a drink with someone. Uh, the trick is really one to two glasses per day. I think sometimes when I used to drink a lot of wine, I'd fill up, probably put three glasses of wine in one glass. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and also binge drinking, saving up all week, and then having 14 drinks on a Saturday when you're watching the Husky game. 
uh, not a great thing to do. Any of that uh, resonate with you, Ron? Then we'll get to the final three. Uh, absolutely. It's, it's, um, it, it, uh, cultures need to be built around this. You know, when you think of the United States is built, it's a car culture and it's built around convenience, big portion sizes. And, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, nice restaurants, those tasting menus that I talk about, it's, it's like two or three bites. Like you get, five or six courses, but none of them are huge. And so it's shifting your mind to think in those ways of like, um, sometimes less is more because it's a higher quality ingredient. It has that plant slant. It's been really well prepared and you don't need 76 ounces of beef. Yeah. Finally, uh, seven, eight, and nine belonging to something that's maybe faith-based uh, the denomination doesn't seem to matter, but in all the blue zones, research has shown that attending something that uh, is connected to faith and service, if you do that four times a month, it can add four to 14 years of life expectancy. Putting your loved ones first, centenarians in blue zones keep aging parents and grandparents nearby or in the home. Uh, and it shows uh, lower disease and mortality rate of their children, which I find really interesting. And finally, finding the right tribe, the world's longest living people choose or were born into social circles that support these healthy behaviors. Uh, in Japan, they call it your MOAS or your group of five friends. Uh, there's a book out there called Your High Vibe and Tribe, and you may have heard that a lot uh, in circles where people exercise. And, and it, it is, it is finding that high vibe tribe. In fact, I've had my son join my tribe. Uh, and I'm going to tell you about something here before we get out of here today, something that we're doing on Saturday, something I'm doing with my tribe that I'm really excited to introduce him to. And we'll talk about that in the next segment. Anything there, uh, finally, Ron, that, that resonates with you as far mm -hmm. as finding your right tribe, putting loved ones first and, and having a sense of belonging. I would just encourage men, especially if you're like, man, I don't have a tribe. I don't I I don't have any friends uh, that I really am close with that be the initiator there. And so um, for most men, it revolves around a hobby. And so if you don't have a tribe right now, take up a simple hobby, like take up woodworking. Um, I know some of my poker buddies, um, you know, you're around each other for long, long periods of time when you, when you play the game. And so there's a Thursday night game that I, I know I can go to over in Magnolia and it's the same group of guys. You see them, you hang out, you get there half an hour early and everybody talks and you catch up and you have that tribal moment. Then you do your hobby and then you can stick around afterwards. And so find a hobby. Yours is, is running, uh, or or doing exercise stuff. So I think for men, if you're hearing us talk about this and you're like, I, how do you build a tribe? Like, how do I get into a tribe? Um, pick a hobby and go do that hobby. And then eventually you will. And then when you're at the hobby, don't stand there like a Seattleite and not say anything to anybody. Introduce yourself. And that's the hard part. That's the key, I think, for the in Seattle is you're going to go somewhere and then go, hi, my name's Ron. Is this your first time here? Hey, listen, um, I like this hobby. Can I get your phone number? And maybe we can do this together sometime. And you're, you're kind of hitting on um, 
another man to be your friend. And it's very, very hard uh, when you get older in life and you're an adult to do that, but find a, you know, a hobby that you like with a person you like. And uh, I remember doing this at the poker uh, table where you just go over and it's like, Hey, I've seen you here at this tournament, you know, three or four times. What's your name? Do you want to go grab breakfast? Whatever it is. And that's how you build friendships. You, you have to be the initiator. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I remember my next door neighbor when when he first moved here. He, he since has moved with his family to Eugene, and he he would ride his bike all the time. And he was looking to meet people. His wife had already connected with a lot of folks because her family's here and she grew up here. And so he joined the Cascade Bicycle Club. I I said, hey, they have these rides all the time, and you don't have to be a speed racer. Uh, they have these community groups and and he joined the Cascade Bicycle Club and it really it changed it changed his life and his connection to people here. And then the other thing that he did that I thought was really interesting uh, throughout Seattle, we have if you don't live here, we have hundreds of community gardens that have been set aside. And he joined a community garden because uh, he really didn't have any space at his house in his place to garden. And so he joined this community garden and he met a lot of people that were interested in gardening and he made some really cool connections that way. And he also got to grow some really cool food that he'd bring home and share. So there's two ideas right there. And if you're a man and you've gotten older and you don't have those connections with other men, don't feel weird about it because it's very, very common. It's very common for men not to talk about their mental health. And it's very common for men that don't have those, those connections anymore. And a lot of my connections come from the sports that I played when I was very, very young. I'm still connected to a lot of those guys. And also, if you've been to war, when men have gone to war and you make those connections with someone in a foxhole, uh, many times you, you, you have those connections as well. So, but for some of us that haven't been to war, you don't have those connections. So don't feel weird about that, but putting yourself out there, like Ron just said, taking a class somewhere, uh, and introducing yourself and it doesn't, you know, it, 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 it could be at the community garden or join in a bicycle club. And again, you don't have to be Ricky racer to go on their rides. And it's a really cool way to meet folks. So more on the other side of this. Hey, it's Ron and Don here with Mitch Weeks. You know him better as Mitch.loans. Mitch, you have a really cool new product for investors. I think it's kind of the first I've ever heard of it. Yeah, so we have a great new investor cash flow program. And what this is, is we take the house you are buying and we inspect it, not you, the borrower. And so what we do is we look at the house and we say, will it cash flow? If you put 20% down, will it make more money than it's going to cost you to keep paying off your mortgage? And if it does, it's yours. It doesn't matter what you make on your own. It doesn't matter. All these other things that we usually have to document, they don't matter. They're gone. It's just, does this house make sense? And if it does, you can buy it. All right. So you can go up to four doors, up to four units on this. And uh, Don and I have never heard of a product like this. It's pretty exciting if you've been wanting to get into the investment game. So go to Mitch.loans right now. Set up a time to talk to Mitch. See if you qualify for this new program. That's Mitch.loans. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. We're going to talk about the tycoon. 
that is out finding treasures uh, all around the globe. And in fact, uh, I think Paul Allen was one of these tycoons that was out finding treasures and shipwrecks. Uh, we'll, we're, we'll punt on that story because we've gone a little long today. So we'll make sure we talk about that in an upcoming episode. Before we get out of here today, Ron, did you notice the antlers? I do see the antlers. What's going on with the antlers? Well, uh, tomorrow at uh, 9.30, have you ever been out to the uh, Redmond Watershed? I have been out to the Redmond Watershed. Yeah. So for those that haven't been out to the watershed, how would you describe it? That's a, that's actually the first place that I ever ran a marathon outdoors was the Redmond Watershed. If you don't know what a marathon is, it's about 27 miles. I ended up running 33 miles that day because I got lost. <laughs> yeah, I remember that story. Um, the, the state of Washington has set aside this land and it's not to be developed. Uh, and it is land to sort of collect water into our water basin. And it's, it's basically a, a giant park, if you will. There's trails that go through it and stuff, but there's no buildings. They're not going to build on it. And it's there to protect the the purity of our water. Yeah. And there's great wildlife out there. Last time I was out there running, I even saw uh, a bear and her cub. It was, I was, I was just mesmerized by it. So anyway, it was just about a year ago that I had invited my son to just start working out with me because he would see me go and come every day. Uh, he had a curiosity about it. And when we started, we would just walk a quarter of a mile on the treadmill. That that That's how we start. And if you know me, you know, that's very hard for me. <laughs> so what I would do sometimes is I would go and work out with him. And then what he doesn't know is I would go back and do my own workout because because my workouts sometimes are a little more intense. Uh, but I have learned through therapy to not be so intense as a parent and to meet people where they're at, not where I want them to be, which which, again, has taken a lot of therapy for me uh, to get there with him. But what's been really cool, in fact, I was looking at some pictures the other day. If you guys are looking for something really cool as a as a as a Christmas gift. Uh, or a Kwanzaa gift, whatever it is you celebrate, if you're Jewish, what a uh, uh, Hanukkah gift. Um, there's there's a website uh, called Frame It, uh, and you can go online. It's an app. And what I like doing is finding a picture of one of my friends or a family member, or in this case, my son, where they're doing something in the moment, you take a picture of it and they don't know that you've taken this picture. And then I used to, to, to have to go to like Bartels and then I would get these pictures developed and then buy the frames and frame them. There's a lot of work. Now what they will do like with frame it is you just upload the picture and then you can go ahead and you can pick the frame. Uh, and in this case, some of these pictures, I wanted them, some of them on canvas, some of them uh, attached to metal, uh, and some of them framed and matted. And, and, and you just send the picture or you send the picture, you upload the picture, they frame it for you and they send it to you in the mail. So I have some of these pictures that are on the way. And one of them is a collage where I took nine pictures of him this year at different times. And you can just see him grow and develop 
really from from a young boy to a young man this this past year. And he's taken real control of his health and the way that he eats and the way that he takes care of himself. So the reason I got the antlers on is tomorrow together and with my friend Joe and my friend Liz, who are my trail partners, my high vibe tribe, uh, we are going to run five miles, not a 5K. This is going to be five miles in the Redmond watershed. It all started about a year ago, walking that quarter of a mile. And then we would walk a quarter and then we learned to jog a quarter. And then after a few months, we learned to walk a quarter and jog a quarter and walk a quarter and jog a quarter. Uh, This past Monday, because you never want to go out and uh, um, we we didn't do five miles on the treadmill, but he did four miles on the treadmill. And I know with the extra juice that he'll feel running with 400 people during the holidays with our antlers on, it's called the reindeer romp out in the Redmond watershed. And I know with the energy that my friend Joe brings and that Liz brings and that I bring, we're going to run our first uh, uh, trail race together. And I have to say, I am so damn proud of him. Uh, He has come a long way this year And it's one thing as a parent sometimes to show something and reveal something to your child. It's another thing when you see them grab hold of that. And now it's their gift and it's their gift to themselves, especially when it comes to their own health. And I know that this will be something that he will hang on to uh, forever. And it's really cool because sometimes he's not always over here at my house uh, to walk in the gym. Uh, I get a little teary eyed about this and talk to Chris and Jake and some of the other guys out there that look out for him. And they said, Hey, you're not going to believe who was in today running on the treadmill or doing a workout. And I'd say who, and they'd say, uh, it it was your son. G force was here. So, so he's doing these things now on his own. And I'm really excited that, uh, Saturday morning, we're going to wake up, uh, tomorrow and do our reindeer romp together. And I told him, I said, Hey, time out, time out. What? What? The real question is, are you going to let him win or are you going to run each run your own race? <laughs> Be honest with me. Well, I told him that we aren't going to try to keep up with Liz and Joe because they're, they're premier runners and someone like Liz and Joe, they, they could go out and actually win this race. And I said, we are running partners. And I said, the only thing that I care about on the Northwest trail runs is every we'll get about two miles into this thing and we'll see a table set up. And at that table, uh, they have a water station and then they usually have like cookies. They have fruit. Uh, they have potato chips just out in the middle of the woods. They have candy. And I said, you know what? We're just going to, we're going to run to the table. And once we get to the table, we'll decide if we want to walk the rest of the way, run the rest of the way. We'll, we'll decide what we want to do. So our goal is to run a mile, maybe walk a 10th of a mile, run a mile, walk a 10th of a mile, get to that table and then uh, decide what we want to do from there. So, so well, good for you guys, that'll be fun. I can't wait to hear about the results. Yeah. So, so, but trying to keep up with Joe and, and, and Liz, cause Joe will tell you, this is not a race. 
<laughs> it's always a race. So anyway, hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. Ron is live in uh, Barcelona, Spain, and I am here in Seattle, Washington with my antlers on, getting ready to do the reindeer romp. But we're always available for you. In fact, uh, this Saturday, I'll be out showing some homes down in Gig Harbor. And then we also have a home out in Bothell, Washington, uh, that we actually sold that is back on the market again because uh, the folks struggled with their earnest money, which uh, happens sometimes. So if you'd like to see the house, uh, we'll be doing an open house and then it's open all week. Just get in touch with me and I'll be glad to show you this really cool house out in Bothell right now that we have for sale. And Ron, people can always virtually sit down with us, can't they? Yeah, just go to ronandonsitdown.com. We'll do a Zoom call and get you started on your real estate journey, whether you're buying or selling coming up in 2024. Yeah, and I'll see uh, some of you guys out at the Reindeer Romp. Those are my dolls. So cool that they have potato chips out in the middle of the woods. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening. You keep your head up and your shoulders back. Until next time, you've been listening to the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Only! Only! Only!